3: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific time on a th- freezing cold Thursday afternoon here in Toronto. And you actually have half the of Webcology because Dave Davies is off with his family gallivanting down a ski hill in Whistler. So, I, just, I, I just got a text message from him uh, via Skype. Oh, dude, sorry. On the ski hill. Forgot. <laughs> so, like that happened like fifteen minutes ago. So, uh Brasco and I scrambled and we got a couple uh we got a couple excellent co hosts, so so friends. Uh Dave's away, but you're getting two for the price of one. We have Terry Van Horn and Tom Craver both on the line. Now Tom just got off a uh SCW Weekly, the show preceding ours. So dude, I'm thank you for uh volunteering to jump on. I I I know it's exhausting doing a show. So um Tom's going to be around for half an hour with us, and he has a meeting to get off to. But uh, Terry, you're around for the full hour, right? Sure, nothing better to do. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun show. There's a lot that happened in tech this week. Um, not exactly sure where I want to go with it, but you know, I want to start with uh, with, with this. Is, I think it's kind of like a sleeper story. I don't I don't see a lot of people making a connection here, but. Um, I think Eric Schmidt is—he's uh, a dangerous dude. And I'm sure you guys would agree with me from like like the privacy end of things, and you know from from the way that that Google is now shaping the the, the the internet. But I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this one or not. I think Eric Schmidt is proving to be a danger to world peace. Um. It's been, what, like eight or nine months since North Korea last freaked everyone out by announcing a new nuclear weapons or missile program? Recently, even recently as, as last week, the hermit state looked like it was trying to rejoin the world of nations. It was announcing sweeping economic and industrial improvement plans. But earlier this month, uh, Eric Schmidt and his daughter Sophie were in North Korea, led by U.S. diplomat, diplomat and former uh, New Mexico governor Bill Richardson. Sophie Schmidt wrote an extremely candid blog about her experience comparing life in North Korea with, uh, well, with a never-ending Truman Show movie. (laughs) Eric Schmidt wrote about how the North Koreans controlled information via dual-structured intranet slash intranet, /intranet, and by limiting the uh, capabilities of smartphones available to North Koreans. So, you had Eric and Sophie Schmidt go visit North Korea and blog about their experience. North Korea's been been you know quiet or pro-western for the last little while but earlier today North Korea announced a new wave of underground nuclear weapons tests combined with a resurgent missile program targeting the west coast of the United States. Well, I ask you guys, Tom and uh Tom and Terry, do you know what else? you know
4: what's on the west coast of the United States? Hmm? California and there's a little company there, isn't there? Is, is, Eric's Eric's office, is Eric's office on the corner there? on the coast?
3: Er, on the west coast of the United States, Eric Schmidt's office. That's what's on the west coast of the United States. It's three miles from the coast.
4: <laughs> I'd love to see the correlation
3: on that one. I'm positive there's a correlation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if uh, anyone's interested in, in reading about Eric uh, Schmidt or Sophie Schmidt's um, adventures in North Korea, go to Google, type in their name and North Korea blog, and at the Webmaster Radio chat room, I'm going to be throwing up the link in a few minutes, I just sort of have to log into the chat room first, and that'll take a second, Uh, but the links will be up at the chat room in just a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So, switching gears, um, which of you guys uses a Mac?
5: I used to. One holds a door open, here, does that count? (laughs)
3: <laughs> okay, so neither of you two are I I I use a PC as well, so I guess none of the three of us are serious Apple fanboys.
4: You know, I, I liked my MacBook when I had it. It is not at my disposal anymore. Um and I'm no worse off for it. I'm using Linux, so you know.
3: Well, one of the one of the things about about Mac and about Apple is the almost cult like following of of users. And you know, I'm not going to say that a PC is better than a Mac or a Mac is better than a PC. I just want to make sure that nobody, like you know, threatens me for um, even suggesting that there's an alternative to Mac. Um, but the fanboys of or the, the fans of Apple are legion, and you know they're they're pretty uh, vocal in their support for the company. These are the people who line up. Outside of electronic stores at, uh, at Christmas time, waiting overnight in the cold just to get a new product. Well, tomorrow at the Sundance Film Festival, iJobs, the Steve Jobs biopic starring Anton Kuchner, premieres. It's scheduled for wide release in mid-April. And I'm curious, you know, like, you see how people freak out when, when their icons are portrayed in film. Um Anton Kushner may be one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. I'm not sure if he's one of the best actors in Hollywood. What do you guys think? Is he going to do a good Steve Jobs?
4: He always seems too cavalier whenever I see him. He's very loose. I mean his, you know, but that could be the character he plays. I, I really don't like his camera commercials that he does. The cameras are fine, but, you know, the, his his just whole, he's a stuck up arrogant, kind of not likable, hey, wait a minute, maybe he will do a good job after all. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what do you think?
5: <laughs> what do I think? Uh well, I like him on Two and a Half Men. I still watch that. He's not he's no Charlie Sheen, mind you, but uh, you know, he passes. I think he'd be pretty good in that movie. I think he's not a bad actor. Has yeah, that... some you know, uh, done some not bad stuff with some pretty lame parts like uh seventies show and shit. So
3: you know, I I I, I think Charlie Sheen would be uh better starring in a biopic about maybe like the affiliate marketing industry or something.
5: Maybe he could play Eric Smith. 20 years of
3: my life. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the mail to come in now. Um
4: cool. <laughs> I'm only a guest. <laughs>
3: If anybody from either the back world or the affiliate marketing world wants to track me down, you'll have a perfect chance at Search Marketing Expo Toronto, SMX Toronto. It's happening March 18th to 21st at the Metro Toronto Convention Center and um you know I got I got to say um you're from upper upper New York state so you get it Tom and uh Terry you're from Toronto as well so you get it. I'm Really happy to be part of the SMX experience in Toronto and part of the SMX uh, 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 speakers and 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 presenters, Um, and I love it that people pay attention to the Canadian market. But having a show in Toronto in uh, mid March isn't you know like um, that's not necessarily a great idea.
4: No, I wouldn't think so. I, I can tell you right now, you, you talk about how chilly it is up there, and I know you guys are experiencing far worse than we have. I'm, I'm only, what, as the crow flies, I'm, I can't be, what, more than three hours south of you. And we've got what, what's, like, what, minus 11 Celsius here. It's 12 degrees for all the rest of you that are all stateside like me. And, and I know you guys are, are sitting there with, like, two feet of snow and even colder temperatures, aren't you? Not well, Toronto.
3: <laughs> yeah, the snow's not so bad. The temperature's pretty damn cold. But... Uh, it's comparable to what you have.
4: Okay, you know. fair enough. And it's still, it was really chilly a couple of days ago, though. I can't imagine, you know, going any further north than I already am in the middle of March. Oh, and yeah, I
3: mean, like trudging through the, through the streets covered in uh, that grayish material that's sort of like car exhaust mixed with snow. And you I know. mean, luckily, Toronto is <laughs> an amazing town to be in. But this is a spring and summertime city. This is not a uh, the the most pleasant place to be in the winter.
4: I've been to the X back when it was. Is it still over in the old Exhibition Stadium there? I was there a long time ago, and the the kids the kids play place there in Toronto. I I I damn near grew up in Mississauga, pretty much. So you know I love visiting Toronto, but you know yeah, you're right. Drudging through all the slush and whatnot. I mean, there's there's a Tim Hortons like two blocks away from from the convention center there. But, you know, I, I live in Rochester. I think we're in western New York, too. I mean, we've got Tim Hortons every, like, you know, half mile now, so.
3: I was about to say, in Toronto, there's a Tim, there's a Tim Hortons two blocks away from <laughs> anywhere you're standing.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and if there isn't, there ought to be. I've got one a quarter mile from my house uh, in both directions, actually. So, you know.
3: That's excellent. You see, this, actually, this is actually part of the plan. We're slowly taking over America one storefront, one news, one newscaster, and one famous actor at a time. Lake really moderates the
5: temperature
3: here, though, uh, Tom. It's a lot
5: colder. You get up where Dave is, and a lot more snow. Uh,
3: yeah. Dave Harry, he lives north of Toronto. No, oh, you mean Dave Harry? Dave? Oh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I I was about to say Dave. Yeah, Dave. You get a lot more snow where Dave is. He's
5: oh yeah, I'm Whistler, I guess. So, mountain. Hope so, or there's going to be a lot of people starving for business.
3: Um, okay, back to the SEO world. Um, actually, no, no, back to SMX Toronto first. I, okay, so maybe maybe March isn't the right time to have a conference in Toronto, but SMX is the right kind of conference to have in Toronto. And uh, Tom Terry, are you, are you guys going to be there?
4: You know, I, I don't have any plans at the moment to be there. Um, I've, I was considering pitching to speak, but uh, I know Toronto, the, the, the Toronto market. Even when I do as Toronto, I mean it's not it's not the same market as is what I'm used to speaking at. So it's, it's tough. I, I might shoot up there just for a day just to, to peek in on things, but uh, you know, there's, there's some interesting tracks. I will certainly say there are definitely some interesting tracks in SMX Toronto. Um, the advanced track is usually up my alley pretty much, so that's always cool. But uh, no, at the moment, I'd say no, not yet.
3: Yeah. How about you, Tara? Are you thinking of dropping
5: down? Oh, uh, SMX, uh, yeah, that ain't going to happen that I speak there. Uh, okay I usually catch people afterwards, you know, you and a few others, but uh, I don't speak uh, at SMX.
3: Well, this year, my company, uh, Digital Always Media, we're doing both the workshops uh, preceding SMX Toronto. And if we can get it together, it looks like we're sponsoring a party. So, Terry, I, I, come on down. So I check sure. that out for sure.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. When is the party? You, you, you know, if there's a party, you let me know. I will certainly be there.
3: I'm looking, I'm honestly, I'm tentatively looking at the, uh, the, t- the night of the 20th. That would be the Wednesday night. Uh, only problem is, uh, my business partner, Alan Connect, informed me there's a Leafs home game that night. Uh, oh, and you
5: don't, that'll you, put a damper on. her.
3: You do not plan a party in a, in a bar in downtown Toronto when there's a Leafs home game on.
4: Absolutely not. That's a bad idea. That's a hard one to get me out of the house. I mean, it's it's tough enough being in that bar with all those people going to watch a losing game. I mean, you know. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> hey, hey now, come on, you called me out it out Surprise! You. I I am a Sabers fan, and uh, you know the, the surprise was that it was only one nothing. No, uh,
5: without Miller, we would have killed him the other night.
4: Yeah, I there's that's, there's
3: that's, your point though. accurate. Um, <laughs> pretty good last night.
4: I think so. And maybe with a good forward or two, you know, you guys would have killed us too. But you know. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Name one forward on Buffalo that's out that or outscored Grabowski, uh, Kessel, or Lupo last year.
4: No, you can't. And, and that's that's been. We're getting off topic. again. going yeah, the yeah. Not, at, um, not you know, the Sabre, The Sabers. The Sabres have never had a, a star. Anybody. Oh no, no! No, I'm oh, I'm serious. We want to get tangent off, it, we will. The Sabers have never had anybody Jesus up top that's has been
3: good. Okay, gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> I want to hearken this part of the conversation back to Facebook and all the people on Facebook, myself included. You can't believe a word you read on Facebook. Not a damn word. Because, I mean, I was so mad at the NHL. I was so, so ticked off. And uh, the truth is, human behavior is human behavior. Mm. Um, and this is—I mean, You know what? This is an action item for all Webcology listeners out there. If your product is addicting enough, you can kill your entire fan base and you'll still get customers. Take the cigarette industry, for instance – well, the NHL took a, <laughs> definitely took a uh, a book from the – Killing Philip
5: M- your fan
3: base. That's a good <laughs> segue. Indeed. But you know what? I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm mad at my own hypocrisy. I'm all over Facebook screaming at the NHL. I'm never coming back. I'm not going to watch another one of your damn games again. Screw you guys. And, of course, I'm – uh you know, Saturday night comes around and what am I going to do? Hockey night in Canada. It's
5: inbred, man.
4: I would.
3: I don't know
5: what to do with myself on a Saturday night. True.
4: Yeah, but that has a lot to do with Don Cherry and not the product itself. Maybe. Well, maybe it does. I don't know. Nah, it stems no. Um,
5: from childhood, that was the big night for us. My father was home from work. That was like a family night. Watch the hockey game.
3: And in this technological age, you know, this is one thing that continues to bind us. And it ain't Don Cherry. Screw him. <laughs> I hate that man. um but anyway, yeah, just the the quick action item, friends, if you have a product that people love, um you can make a comeback, just uh you know be really addictive
4: put a self-imposed deadline out there that is fairly arbitrary and make it sound like the world is going to end if you don't meet it, and pull it out in the zero hour and everyone will love you twice as much.
5: Sounds like the, uh, the uh, American uh, p-
3: government <laughs> with their well, physical the physical cliff and everything else, you know.
4: There's that too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you know what? It seems that strategy is working for both parties at their bases. Mm. So there you go. Um, okay. We got – I got another couple things on my schedule stuff to talk about, although we're quickly burning through it. Um A week and a half ago, Danny posted an article, Why People Hate SEO. I'm Danny Sullivan, not to be mistaken with Danny Goodwin. um, Noting all the spam emails and uh, just crappy offers that seem to have popped up in the industry again. That's one thing I want to talk about. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, the Vatican and social media. The Pope sees social media as portals to the truth. (laughs) I think we can, we can talk both of those um, to death or at least to purgatory um, when we come back. But before we do that, before we talk ourselves into purgatory or into hell or wherever the heck we're going to end up, we've got to take a break for a commercial here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. So on behalf of Tom Craver and Terry Van Horn, we're good enough to join us for Dave Davies from Beachwalk SEO, who's skiing down a hill in Whistler right now. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're back on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move.
1: Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
2: Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day.
1: How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features?
2: Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files.
0: this is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. dominate. <laughs> Aim Clear, <laughs> the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, <laughs> bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim Clear, this is
1: how you sell with social.
0: Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Commercials
1: off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, well, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, not joined by Dave Davies from Beansaw Casio, because Dave has decided that going down a hill is more... not Dave, Dave's on vacation with his family. I do have Terry Van Horn and Tom Craver sitting in, and in a few minutes, Christine Sassinger is going to be joining us. But before we get to christine um fellas, the holiday break always brings an uptick in s e o spam email i've been do- i've I've been doing this for like a decade and a half or longer. I have no idea how long I've been doing this, but it always happens it never fails. And every year around this time, we deal with the S.E.O.R. Snake Oil, S.E.O.R. Uh, used Car Salesman, S.E.O.R. Scum Articles. Okay. And um, every year around this time, Danny Sullivan writes his annual, no, they're not scum article. And I just wanted to revisit that uh, again with you guys today. Um, first off, have you seen the uptick in uh, silly S.E.O
4: spammy yeah. emails. Absolutely. I get, them, I, I get them constantly. You're right. You know, I didn't really stop to notice it until you just said it, but yeah, absolutely. Every, you know, right right when, when the Christmas season starts to hit, absolutely, just a whole bunch of them going in, and we can do this, this, and this, and we can rank you first, and I'm like, really? And we've looked at your site. If you looked at my site, you'd know that I do this for myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: yeah. Indeed. Uh, especially, I love the ones that, um, they actually personalized your gym <laughs> uh, or because uh, because our our contact form comes to info at digital always, so I often get dear Alan, my business partner's name.
4: Yeah, that's that's personalized.
3: But they have no idea about what's on the page.
4: Oh no, they do. They look at your site and they think they can help you out and get you ranked at to the top of Google because they don't ever mention what keyword to rank you for or what you know vertical you might be in. But they're going to rank you first. Hmm.
3: Now. How do companies like this, like, I've I've never known this. How do they stay in business? They have to be taking checks with somebody. they got to be taking a PayPal uh, payment. they got to be processing a credit card. They're doing the the stuff
5: other guys don't want to do, other companies that don't want to do. I mean, people who are hiring SEOs from a newsletter are not Procter & Gamble, are not Fortune 500 companies. They're ma and pa guys who can't afford Uh, You know, a major like these days, there are so many companies that I feel sorry for. And when that's when, you know, a lot of people think I'm kind of, you know, hard on them because I just say, well, you know, they don't have the budget to place. Just like I can't afford a store in Eaton, so I don't have one there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in SEO. That's an old mindset that will have to change, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, it's you get it. You get it everywhere though, too. I, I completely agree with you. Your Eden's example is great, Terry. You know, you you look around and you can you can see, you know. I need some laundry detergent and some, you know, other household items or whatever, you know. So I'm going to – I can go to like, you know, I'll I'll use a Canadian reference. I can go to like a Zeller's or I can go to, you know, Canadian Tire or wherever. Or I can go to like the little dollar, you know, store place down the corner. You see this with web hosting. You see like, you know, $5 web hosting or $2 web hosting with unlimited disk space and unlimited bandwidth and blah, blah, blah. And 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 you see it with SEO too, unfortunately, and it's just sad. It's It's all those people who – well, my cousin can do it cheaper, or I can go to this little $2 company here and do this. So that's what they're doing. And, you know, those are the people that are preying on on the small businesses who really can't afford to do it and think, wow, this is a good deal.
3: Well, and this is but something that, probably, uh,
5: you know, if they did it right, it could work for them. Just expecting to get results overnight is,
3: is you know, ridiculous. Well, this is something that, that, that's been bothering me for several months now. Um, David and I have actually tried to put a show together on this, and, and we failed because we couldn't get the information. I'm, we all cut our teeth on working with small and medium-sized businesses. At one time, the small business market was my bread and butter, but th- they can't afford me anymore, and I can't afford to serve them. And how do you, how do you guys cope with that when you have smaller That's a, smaller, a, that's
5: smaller a problem that the bit the our industry has to address. The fact that you and I used to work a quarter what we do today, right? Uh, those people still still need service, and they should expect the same service we gave. Only the thing is a i don't think the people that come into the industry now uh have the wherewithal or the the get up and go to actually go and learn stuff themselves they're all too busy just regurgitating what's in the blogosphere. well uh, so those people will never get the kind of service that we've given in the past
3: well that be that as it may um you know they're the they might be regurgitating information they read in the blogosphere or, or, or read in forms and it may even be misinformation. The simple dollars and cents of running a productive search marketing campaign requires, you know, um, you know, do on-page work. you got to do a hell of a lot of research. Um, you have to have some involvement in the social media, at least to be driving traffic. Um I mean, it's, it's a much larger effort today than it was back in the but, olden days when you had to sort of look at Alta Vista in a threatening manner, and it did what you wanted.
5: And what's exacerbating that? You cannot get sites ranked now by just using foundational linking. No. Right? No, I think what I think those days are pretty much in the past, as far as I can see.
3: Okay, and so to do the to do a proper job for a client, and I I don't I, I don't want to take a client's money if I can't do a, you know what I consider a quote unquote proper job. Um, I got to take a hell of a lot of money off them to actually do the scale of services that are necessary, and that is now pricing the smaller operators, the smaller businesses, it's pricing ma and pa out of the
4: market.
0: Is unfortunately, that unfortunately it is.
3: I mean, it's not that I'm a greedy bastard, right?
4: No, but it's it's everywhere, Jim. It's 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 a matter of you know, for for starters, the better off the better you are at your trade, and this is true in any trade. The better you are at your trade, the you are differentiated now because you deliver results or you deliver the the intent that the customer was going in there expecting, and and usually exceeding that. And and so when you become that good at your trade, you just naturally demand better. Great. And the people that are just starting off are so cutthroat that just to get into the business and get a little experience and say, oh, yeah, we did such and such for so-and-so and and try to get some stats in the belt and say, yeah, we actually met their objective. I don't think many of them realize objectives, though. So they're going to go in and do whatever is cheap. You know, my take on this is not just that, but, you know, SEO, you know, us us people who have been in this a little longer – You know, SEO came from a bigger phrase, SEM, that we all used to talk about, but that's kind of gone along the wayside, and that was search engine marketing. And I think too many SEOs nowadays, like Terry was alluding to, focus on the technical. Let me get your rank. Let me get you this. Let me do the traditional linking and and on-page stuff and stuff some keywords and, and page saturation percentage and blah, blah. They're all technical, but I think a lot of them many of them forget about the marketing side of it. And, <laughs> it well, truly, I mean, right? There's an objective it. here somewhere.
5: I, 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 Tom, I agree no. with you and disagree with you. Here's why. They aren't actually even technical SEOs. They're just link horse. I mean, <laughs> most of the third-generation SEOs I talk to, you ask them, how do you move a rank automatically? Oh, you get more links.
3: Okay, you ask me, uh,
5: I, I say you fix your site. And work around. You don't need a whole bunch of links. I've proven that.
3: That's I, I, I yeah, do want That's to jump a
5: big in, difference.
3: Yeah, I, I, and that's totally true. Although I do want to jump in and note that I think we're probably on our fifth, maybe even sixth generation of SEOs, and you know, well, four I'd say with
5: the the new generation being post Panda.
3: There's um. There's a number of different ways to get into the field um we've been generalizing a lot about younger seos and um well they're I, the future I, 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 if we
5: don't improve the guys at the bottom jim there's going to be i agree
3: top. with you i That's agree with you um thinking. i'm also i'm also looking at uh one of my staff members sort of freaking out on skype going i'm not a link core. <laughs> she's a newer seo who's being mentored and I hope she's being mentored well. Um, I guess time will be the judge of that. But, um, you know, into what, you know, I'd like to think is a responsible form of search engine optimization and uh, web document marketing. <laughs> um, so I, I just want to get that in there. there. There is a bunch of younger, a bunch of, uh, younger SEOs who are coming sure up the there right are. way. Who are coming up the right way and learning the right things or what we, what we believe to be the right things.
5: Well, the thing is, in the old days, uh, well, when I started, almost everyone had a technical background, i.e., we were webmasters who there was not enough work just building websites, so we did marketing, we did everything just so we could employ ourselves. I mean, uh, when that was another reason why the uh, prices were lower, demand. Uh-huh. Right? Literally, my first jobs I did for free because nobody wanted to pay me. So I did them for free to kind of show, you know.
4: You know for me, it was kind of organically. I, I had my own agency. I was doing web hosting and web development. I was a very technical person. And, you know, you I'm sure, Terry, you're probably very similar story too, right? People would come yeah. to you and say, okay, so now you've built it. They're going to come, right? And I got sick of saying, Yeah. <laughs> you know and, and so but so you you go and you learn and you learn that there's this whole side that is not technical that's wait for it marketing and you need to actually present a good face and build a brand and online stuff was no different than anything you would do offline only at the time it was a lot cheaper now it's you know it's just as much hard work and it's just as expensive to compete
5: listen there it's probably more expensive to do some online campaigns than it is to do some of the stuff that I used to do offline like telemarketing.
2: Mm.
3: It can be, it you is. know, in some cases it can be.
5: Um I but- can show you lots of cases where it's probably cheaper. Cheaper than PPC, that's for fucking sure. <laughs> Excuse me. Whoop, there goes there oh. goes our oh. iTunes rating. <laughs>
3: <Oops>. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Hell it happens. Um well, the Pope's going to get you for that. If he hears, we'll get to that later. Um, I'm really enjoying this conversation. We've got a few more minutes to stick around. I know that we have Christine waiting on the line. Um, and actually, I wouldn't mind bringing her in because small business SEO is really near and dear to my heart. And it – it how to say this? It I find it heartbreaking that I can't find the right formula – to serve this 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 sector. Hmm.
0: Um, quick, more automation. Quick off,
3: more automation, and well, that's the problem. I, I think don't the have...
5: business owner has to be like he is in a lot of things, more proactive on his own behalf. While well, he's doing the work with direction
4: from someone who knows what they're doing. And As we're his... sitting here, by the way, I just got another spam. Oh, indeed. Seriously, eh? I kid you not. You,
3: an- another uh, dear farm,
4: <laughs> Get our free SEO guide and we can help you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Right first. Uh-huh, sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, it, no. It it's just, a, it's it just came in. Apropos.
3: Very apropos. It's, 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 it's like we're in the days of the link chasers again. And, Terry, I'm dead on with you. That's not SEO. That's link chasing.
5: Never was. it. It's a different type. I call it website promotion. It's always been in that genre because it's actually a type of marketing. Like to do good, if you're really good at linking, you're a master marketer knows how to find and, and find the audience.
3: That's mm-hmm. You know what? Direct mailing is a form of marketing. It's yes. not the kind of form of marketing that I, I think many of us chose to go into, but it's certainly a form of marketing, right? I've done it in the past.
4: You know what? It's still very effective. In, in some cases, for some, some for some verticals, it is probably the most effective.
3: Mm-hmm. So we could call link building or uh, the link acquisition schemes that many of the, uh, as Terry described them, third-gen SEOs, were on or are still on, Based on the spam messages we're all getting, Um, that's a form of marketing. But as Danny Sullivan says, if you're going to give somebody five grand, really learn what you're giving them five grand for. I don't think
5: guys like that get five grand, to be quite honest. That's like uh, an assumption that's over the top sorry I well, actually
3: um for what it's worth uh, Danny was pulling from somebody else's quote who said I gave an SEO company oh
5: okay 000. good because to me that's if you're paying five grand a month to someone you're not getting bullshit oh, I'm, I'm sorry know... if
3: you oh, oh, I don't know if they were paying five grand a month there Terry I don't know if oh, they were paying per okay. month that's what you pay us You know,
5: yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah,
4: no, I, I think if you're a small business,
5: gotta know the context.
4: True, true. If you're a small business, I don't care if you're paying five thousand five hundred or five dollars. You need to know exactly what you're getting yourself into, especially the small businesses. You know, five hundred dollars to a small business, to some small businesses, is a ton of money. They will spend it if they know they can get their return, but they, they. They will really miss out on that if the return doesn't happen for them, and that could you know make or break a quarterly budget for them in some cases. And are those the people we want to target? Well, who says they're not just as viable as anybody else? But the problem is if you don't know what you're buying. I mean, it's it's, it's a caveat after everywhere you look, right? If you don't know what you're getting and what you're expecting to get out of that money that you're investing, then you know you you really should be like, second guessing that.
3: But, well,
5: Tom, that's almost true for for everything. people hiring SEOs at any
3: level.
4: Well, I open the door. You see, to that being is it is it really these spammy SEOs, or is it the audience that these spammy SEOs are targeting,
3: or a bit of both? Mm. I, and I I, I want to note something that Terry said a few beats back, where I think he nailed it on the head. Um, it really is up to the business owner to be proactive and. The only way to serve small businesses, it's it's the conclusion I came to a few months ago and I'm not happy with it but it's what I got, is to have them do the work under our instruction because I can't devote the hands-on time. Um, I can barely devote the instruction time and on that –
5: Even better would be like a seminar, Jim, where we could have
3: them come into a place and – if uh, Speaking of seminars, there's these two great workshops that are going to be organized for SMX Toronto on the 18th and 19th run by Digital Always Media, one on social media, one on integrated SEO. And on that, I'm getting messaged. Tom has a meeting he's got to get off to. Um, so, Tom Craver, thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
4: Yeah, I'll catch you later, Tom. My pleasure, and, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure.
3: And you know what, Terry? That's a great time to, to take a break. We're going to be coming back and bringing uh, Christine Sashinger into the conversation. But... Uh, before we do, I want to again say thanks to Tom Craver for uh, for jumping in, uh, heroically spending another 40 minutes on radio after doing uh, SCW Weekly uh, at 1 at one o'clock. Friends, stick around. We're coming back, as I said, with Christine Sashinger. So this is on behalf of Terry Van Horn. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Back after these messages.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break.
5: And join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence.
1: MajesticSEO.com
5: Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king.
1: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized Certificate of Achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Tangible IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Off. Now back to Webcology, Only on Webmaster You are the host Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey
3: everyone, welcome back to Web College here on WebmasterRadio.fm. You have half the host. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave is on vacation with his family this week, but we're joined by Terry Van Horn and suddenly joined by Christine Sassinger. Um Terry, you've been around, so I'm going to say thank you for sticking around. And Christine, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, guys. Can you
3: hear me? Hey. Yeah, we can hear you just fine.
0: Cool.
3: So we've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, from how Eric Schmidt has become a danger to the uh, free world, uh, to SMX, <laughs> SMX Toronto. Uh, Aaron Kushner starring in uh, iJobs, the Steve Jobs biopic, opening tomorrow at Sundance. Uh, Danny Sullivan's article, Why People Hate SEO, and Christine, we saved the f- most fun one for you. Okay. Because, well, you are a social media maven. You are um, all, over, all over Twitter, all over Facebook. Um, you know, you're just one of those folks who is all over the social media, and, well, this week, one of the oldest and largest institutions in the world joined... Uh, Joined the social media, the Pope, the Vatican, Pontifex, is at Pontifex, is now a, uh, social media is now a Twitter address, and the Pope wants to hear from you. As a matter of fact, the Pope wants people people of the Catholic faith to go out and use social networks like Twitter and Facebook to win converts. Now, Christine, I'm curious. Um, what do you think? Is that a winning strategy? Is that going to work for them?
0: Well, I, it, it could, depending on which Catholics they're talking to. <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I'm not practicing it anymore. But, you know, there is a certain certain uh, part of the Catholic Church that considers itself like a little, little hip. So, you know, priests can drink and, and uh, you know, they they like to hang out and have, you know, Parties, so... <laughs> oh,
3: boy, I am so desperately trying to keep our iTunes rating.
0: <laughs> we'll stay away from all the negative stuff of the church, but but I mean, you know, because I don't think it's that out of the realm of the Catholic Church to be on, on social media.
3: Okay. Um, now, we've seen a lot of companies who, you know, have good to neutral uh, reputations just... Make terrible earth-shattering mistakes in social media wouldn't you think that a religious organization uh, especially one the size of the Catholic Church um, I, I, I just can't help but see that being a really dangerous place for them to be um, the Pope one of one of the things the Pope said was he sees social media as portals of truth <laughs> Um, well, I, mean, I, I can't not, yeah,
0: see that. Because the, the Pope is, you know, is um, given the job by the, you know, the big guy. So I could see where they believe they're the portal of truth, of course. And since they were the original um, church in the, in the, the book, so um, the new book, not the old book, um, you know, I can see where that, that, that would be coming from. Is it a possibility for uh, PR nightmare? Of course, sure. Um, but I, I'm sure that stuff is all uh, pretty heavily scrutinized before it goes out there. Fairly organized um, religion at this point. <laughs> now,
3: at Pontifex has been active for about uh, eight weeks now. He already has 2.5 million followers through. Um, well, apparently through eight different Twitter accounts, one of which is written exclusively in Latin. Is that is that allowable?
0: <laughs> to be written in Latin?
3: No, to have eight different Twitter accounts for the same guy.
0: Um, isn't it?
3: Well, I don't know. I've, I've, m- me, myself, I only I only have um, um several. <laughs> um. Did it
0: put a restriction on Twitter that you can't have one run account? Is that new?
3: Oh, I understood that Twitter wanted one account per person. And well, they I, want to use your true name.
0: I, oh, well, everyone wants you to do that, but we know why. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, well, uh,
3: it may be time to move ourselves to that conversation soon. I can see that this Catholic thing was only a fad. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, <laughs> Google is moving forward with its... Um, it's uh, attempts to replace passwords with a key fob.
0: Oh, not just a key fob. They also want um, biometrically controlled computers.
3: Now, <laughs> Christine, I know you can go on about the, 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 the privacy implications about this, but I'm curious, Terry, what do you think about Google trying to control basically the your real identity in relation to the Internet?
0: I see,
3: I see. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I have so many.
5: They 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 can't decide which one. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's really me. <laughs>
0: they can.
5: <laughs> uh, any given day, I could be on Google Plus and under five different uh, profiles. So.
0: Five different IP addresses.
5: Same one. Well, there you
0: go. So all
5: plugged into different accounts when I'm doing it.
0: But they already know that you're from the same IP address, so that's not five different people.
3: Uh, it could be five different computers sharing an IP.
0: Yeah, but remember, when I do identity, see, we have a mistaken concept of identity. We believe identity is our name and our face, but that's a very limited concept of identity. When you do algorithmic identity, you also look at relationships and patterns and and um, how people even word their sentences. Even, so, not yeah, to, if, go ahead.
5: You off, Christine, but even personal search isn't actually personal. It's group search, actually. currently, explained that to me one time. I was a little surprised that it's not actually personal search. You're put into a group.
0: Well, the thing is, though, with the NSDIC program, it's a little different because they have to identify you as you. So, um, But the point being is that the... Uh, uh, Kurtzweiler came out just a couple of weeks ago, and said Google already knows what you what you do. They know your conversations. They know your voice chats. And they know what you say. So, and he was talking about the next level of search that they're going to, but also very. They
5: have voice chats. What's up? How do they have voice chats on Skype? I would believe that if Bing had them. I don't think Google does.
0: People who does? Oh, people who yep. use Google Voice.
3: Yeah, there's also Google Voice Plus and the hangout that, that, that. And Hangouts
0: and chat and all that stuff.
3: Um, I love that Ray Kurzweiler is working with Google. It terrifies me that Ray Kurzweiler is working with Google.
5: One of the uh, top guys. Is that the guy who does the uh, work with uh, uh, natural language and, and, and uh, like telephone
3: devices? No, Kurtzweiler was um, one of the original cyber – how would you phrase this? He was one of the original cyber intellectuals. Um, oh, he, was, okay. he was predicting the internet back in the late 70s. Um, He's speaking
0: here in five days.
3: I'm, say what?
0: He's speaking here in five days.
3: In Las Vegas?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go see him.
3: Excellent. Wow. Yes. Yeah, they also had one of the top
5: guys – Uh, in the world at analyzing and getting sentiment out of phone calls and stuff, that's what actually Google Voice was all about was getting all those signals so they could learn about uh, that kind of stuff
3: Uh, Absolutely unsurprisingly Um, I think this is a new world that people our age are well I'm not going to say that we're unprepared for it. As a matter of fact, we've been prepared for this through dystopian literature our entire lives. Yep. But it's definitely something that spooks us, frightens us far more than it seems to spook or frighten the younger geniuses preparing these systems or the uh, mass of netizens using these systems. Think about it, Jim. Most
5: of what we saw on Star Trek are now actual devices that work.
3: Certainly. Certainly. Now, that they're working doesn't amaze me as much as our philosophies on our relationship to technologies are changing. Well, uh, growing up, privacy was everything. It was I very think important. A
0: reason for that, though, Jim, and that is the younger generation didn't grow up with a recent memory of a Hitler or a communist. Yeah society right where the actualities of totalitarian control really were every day in your part of your mind so these are things that um and unless they really are familiar like with iran or something of that nature um they don't really understand that privacy actually is an important thing and can actually if it's taken from you can lead to things like iran remember iran not that long ago was a Becoming a democratic, leaning towards a democratic society. And that was all against them. And now all these technologies are used against them to repress their people who still generally lean towards in the educated and the civilized area. I shouldn't say civilized, wrong term, but in the more um, modern areas are much more uh, Western leaning, but they're repressed by their technologies. So people that haven't grown up with that. Day-to-day knowledge or day-to-day fear of another Hitler or another communist Russia, they probably don't understand how um, repressive technology can be and how it can be turned against you so quickly.
3: Well, saddeningly, um, it's many of our North American corporations – I'm looking at you, Cisco – who uh, <laughs> who make the the, the technologies – Used to track and repress. Um, many people don't 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 remember, but when Yahoo was forced to give away the names of several Chinese dissidents using their system, it was Cisco Systems equipment that caught those emails. So we're doing it to ourselves. We're creating, you know, we're helping create a more yeah, but repressive world. If it went world.
5: through a Microsoft system, it'd be a different deal altogether. So. Blaming Cisco for that is.
3: I think. Oh, well, if it went through a Microsoft system, the Chinese officials probably wouldn't have caught it. Indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have worked.
0: <laughs> well, when they did, when uh, Nokia developed this, the tracking system that was used against the Iranians. Um, to track them down to GPS level in their homes and, and their everything was recorded and that was put on a system where someone could just sit at a screen and watch what was being done on their cell phones, there actually was a bill put to Congress that um, we would no longer do business with companies that um, develop systems like that for other countries. Now, our country, that's a different story, but for other countries. So um so that 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 actually did really hurt nokia if you look back at the timing of that that's when their um company went way down on their stock prices and their earnings
3: well i honestly don't think that we're going to see a sadly i don't think we're going to see a major privacy backlash in our society until something extraordinary happens to cause such a backlash um the publishing of uh Information about gun owners in upper New York State, for instance, in that, in that local newspaper. What, wherever you sit on the gun debate, that was an extraordinary thing to ha- see happen. I'd say extraordinarily bad thing to see happen. Total invasion of people's privacy, even though those are public records.
5: But um, isn't that also, Jim, go into the fact that we were ra- raised with books and, and tactile things, chill kids now? start using computers and stuff in school almost right away. So they they just have more uh, contact with technology and are less suspicious than we were.
0: The interesting part is the kids of the the executives at places like Google's don't go to schools that are high on technology, which I find fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think there's some truth to that, but I also think there just really is a um a, a familiarity like you said with the technology and also a lack of understanding of how quickly you can lose your your rights and also the frog in the pot theory if you put in a you know the frog in the pot of wa- water and let it come to a boil, the frog won't jump out, and that's what's being done with privacy erosion as a for as, instead of privacy removal
3: you know uh, one of these days one of these shows, we're, we're down to our last minute so I'm going to have to um, say our goodbyes pretty soon, one of these shows we're actually going to get the, either the Ontario or the Canadian Privacy Commissioner to come on um, Jennifer Stoddard or uh, uh, sorry Ms. Kavuki and I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the Ontario Privacy Commissioner's first name, Eek um, and Christina to talk with you because I think that would be uh, a wonderful and a truly interesting conversation Friends, we're down to our last 30 seconds, so uh, sorry, no new topics, I only got time to say Terry Van Horn, thank you so much for jumping in um, and helping out when uh, we found we needed a co-host 15 minutes before the show. Uh, Christine, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on Webcology.
0: Thank you, I appreciate it.
3: Thanks
5: Friends. You. always always gas doing this show.
3: It's always a pleasure, Terry, and always a pleasure, Christine. Friends, you've listened to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Waste Media saying uh, goodbye for Dave da- in a sense here for Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. We've got some great content coming up after the news.